Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Screen Heroes. We are back in our normal studio after the great flood of 2017. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> That's what I'm going with. No, uh, sure. We are back, though, in our studio for those who like to watch the show or join us live on Tuesday nights on Twitch. Um, if you don't do that, you totally should because it's lots of fun. You can chat with us. I am Derek. I've got my hosts, Ryan. Hello. And Ray. Hey. How you guys doing? Doing all right. Yeah? How are you? I'm doing good. Doing all right. Glad to be, uh, glad to be back for another episode. And this week we're going to be talking about Mel Brooks. We'll be talking about uh, mainly movies that he directed. He's acted in so, so many. We can't really cover that in an episode. Because most of his roles are cameos. He's a lot like Stanley, where he is more known for his you know, real-life persona than he is any other, so he cameos in a lot of things. And he has a really unique voice, so he does a lot of voiceover work as well, and it tends to be just a couple characters, so... Yeah, he was that really round, big robot in the Robots movie. Yes, he was. Which was a fun surprise, because when I saw the movie, I didn't know that he had voiced a character in it at the time, and that was a fun little surprise. Um, was there any news this week that you need to talk about? So... I mean, small thing happened today. Uh, small for us, but kind of a big deal for his family. Sherman Hemsley died today of the Jeffersons. He was found this morning dead in his 70s. That terribly sad. That uh, is sad. Long life, talented actor and comedian, you know, breakthrough for black entertainment in the 1970s. So he lived yeah. a, a cool life and sad to see him go. But, yeah. Absolutely. There was another celebrity death yesterday, wasn't there? Uh, Sam Shepard, the Sam playwright, Shepherd. passed yeah, right. away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he passed away yesterday. So you know what they say, that it comes in threes, so, you know. Who's well, number three? Sam okay, Shepard we'll is more known behind the scenes than he is in front of as a playwright. And a lot of fellow actors, I guess, were really just very torn apart over it. Yeah. It's, yeah, it was, a, it was a bummer. He, I mean... He wasn't particularly old. I think it was 73, I think is what he was. You know, which, I mean, that's not young. It's not young, but you know, it's not Considering even... Considering the average human's living until 80 now. I mean, life expectancy is 77, 78 in the United States. So yeah. I, my, my philosophy on life is if you can at least hit that date, then you're hitting you know the expected. But, uh, you know, it's still sad either way, no matter, yeah, no matter what. Yeah, definitely. Um, I guess in the more like number crunching news, uh, Sony Pictures is not is still not doing particularly well. They lost uh, eighty six million last quarter. Genius. Uh, while... They're going to sell probably. I imagine in the next two years they're probably going to. But to who? 
I mean, Disney, they could get a lot of really good properties out of that. You think? Yeah. I mean, Ghostbusters is a huge property alone. And and that's a Sony And all the Spider-Man stuff, of course. As as much as, you know, the House of Mouse has some really intense rules, getting blessed by their hand gets you good pictures. So it's not a bad thing to sell to Disney if they would. Yeah. I mean, we'll have to kind of wait and see uh, because last quarter did not include Spider-Man. Yeah. And will not have included the Dark Tower, for example. Right. So, you know, there's a chance they'll rebound a bit. It was better than last year's quarter, uh, year over year. But they're still, I mean, while other companies like Disney and Warner Brothers are all doing very, very well, uh, Sony Pictures is not. So, just kind of an interesting little thing there. Um, next week, we are going to be talking about the Dark Tower. We're not done We're not with news. Done with news? No. Okay. The new photo of Domino dropped. That's true. Yeah, you can hit up our Instagram for that, at uh, Heroes Podcasts. Yep. So Deadpool 2. Yeah. What do you guys think? I think it's really cool. So in the comics, Domino is an African-American black woman who has albinism. So And she paints on the black on the one eye. In this, it kind of looks like she has uh, the tiglio. The disease where patches of your skin are lighter. So, I, I like that it works the other way around. That it was just yeah. a, you know, I, I thought it was really cool. A lot of people are saying she looks like Barf from Spaceballs. And I think that's kind of insulting because I don't think and, she does uh, at all. Foxy Cleopatra from Gold Members, another one I've heard. That's a little less insulting. I, I feel mean, like. it's still mildly racist. Yeah. But, oh, no, it's definitely racist, yeah. but it's yeah. not as insulting as saying you look like John Candy, may he rest in peace, was not the most attractive person in it the world. Say, I don't think they're saying he look, they, she looks like him. No, it's just the white the design. No, I yeah. understand the connection. I'm just But I'm it just makes sense because, you know, black dominoes have white spots and white dominoes have black spots. So I think it's a cool little twist yeah. on it that... The outfit seems, depending on what they do with her powers, uh, the outfit seems appropriate for Domino. I don't Domino. know much about the character, to be honest. So. Domino's mutant abilities is she has uh, the best luck in the yeah. world. So she's an expert marksman because of it and all kinds It'll of stuff. It'll be really but, good in the Deadpool universe, I think. It'll be very... Yeah. There's a lot of cool, fun things fun that stuff. they can do off of that, yeah. yeah. But I mean, she they, has a romance with Cable a lot. Yeah. I mean, oh, okay. Yeah, that's why she's in it. Fox changed. She's up. a little young for Josh Brolin, though. She is. <laughs> that's how Hollywood casts them. Okay. <laughs> uh, but if you are a fan of Deadpool and X Men, you know that they changed up Negasonic a lot. They did, and they changed up Vanessa slash Copycat a lot. So you know, which they already kind of ruined Copycat in the first movie. They did, so. yeah. There's no way she could go back and actually be Copycat. She'll just always be Vanessa now. And... But ch- changing like changing Negasonic's not that big of a deal no. since she's a much lesser known character. But that's just it. That's my point. Like if you have an issue with Domino being changed, there are two. There's yeah, precedent yeah. for it already in the Dom or in the <laughs> in the Domino movie in the Deadpool, Deadpool. movie. So it's fine. Yeah. And then one more thing. Speaking of Deadpool, though. Oh, Ian McShane. Go ahead. I was just going to say on the Deadpool thing. Um, they uh, they kind of uh, forced Ryan Reynolds to do more, uh, to allow the stuntmen to do more of the work and less of his own stunts for the sequel. So I guess he was getting himself hurt. So they basically told him to let the stunt guys do, and do their thing. And he did Vigo Mortensen. Break like, his toe and get the best shot. Yeah, just like, F you, I'm doing this anyway. 
No, I mean, I think you know he's got he's got a kid now and stuff like that, so he probably cares a little bit more about those types of things, and he wants the movie to be successful, and the the movie will be difficult. It will be difficult for the movie to succeed if he injures himself significantly. Absolutely. So, you know, that's true. Anyway, continue. Last bit. Ian McShane was just confirmed for uh, Hellboy: Rise of the Blood Queen, which yes. that's a fantastic title. Don't get me wrong, but I'm still. A little bitter that it's not Ron Perlman. That that is just straight up petty bitterness. Like I'm, I'm not yeah, going to yeah. deny it. I want reboots for so many things, but not Hellboy. <laughs> uh, Ian McShane, for those who don't know, uh, is in the first season of American Gods. He plays Blackbeard in Pirates of the Caribbean on yes. Stranger Tides. He he's done quite a few things, but he's been in the geek community. This is nothing new. No, it's not. I was just saying that recently he did the first season of American Gods, and he's featured heavily in it. Yes. So if you'd like to see some of his more recent work, that would be something I would point you to. So that was all. Great. There is, uh, I think, a small convention in Las Vegas happening this weekend. I don't remember what the name of it is, but... Um... Uh, it's Star Trek Las Vegas. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. It's the biggest Star Trek convention in uh, in America. Did you see one of our friends is featured? No, I didn't see that. Uh, Frank's uh, Frank's featured, so good for him. Dr. Bones. <laughs> I don't know what his cosplay I, name is. I think, I think, think it's Bones McCoy. It is. So. It is. Yes. Bones McCoy cosplay not, was on the advert. He's not a real doctor. So, <laughs> so ladies. <laughs> so ladies, yes. If he says he's going to take a look at that for you, don't believe him. Well, I mean, he probably still will, but yeah, yeah, not yeah. for a medical reason. For those wondering why Ryan may be plugging a particular topic, uh, this has to do with what we did for Patreon in the month of July, which was if we got a certain amount of contribution, which we did. So thank you <clears throat> for very the first much. Tier. For the first tier. Yeah. Thank you very much to our contributors for that. Um, if I said anything in reference to a particular fandom... Then I would have to. So, but you were gonna do it. Sing lyrics, music from uh, ABBA. Yeah. And so I've got I've got my lyric sheets here because it turns out I actually know very little of ABBA's music. I, I just in my head thought I knew he knows more one of it. song. I know one exact. song. Yeah. Uh, and he just knows the chorus of it. Like yeah, I'm realizing that I think because I was thinking of Asia, not ABBA. Okay. Asia, and I do know more of Asia's music because I do have. Okay. Oh. That's kind of weird. I have one of their <laughs> okay. I have one of their LPs. So okay, that makes me want to quote forty year old version, but that's so dated now. Like, that's such dated. an offensive quote at this point that yeah. like I just can't do it anymore. It's all good. Anyway, so so that's that. Good for Ryan and I. Nobody pledged yeah. the second and third tier, so yeah, I do so. not have to write a love letter to the Rock. That's right. No, but, but we do have a Patreon, patreon.com slash podcast. I'll plug it later. Podcast. Be sure for, uh, to look well, for that. Yeah, but I thought maybe you could kind of tell people you a little bit You want me to dive into that before we even talk yeah, about this? Yeah, no. no, let's... let's talk about Mel Drive. People are here to listen to the topic, Bye. not our Patreon pitch. If they want, they'll hang around and listen to that. All right. All right. Go ahead. All right. So first up, uh, we're going to talk about the producers. and Well, do you want to explain to people kind of how we broke this up? And how oh, sure, sure. So usually when we feature a person or, you know, we talk about our top whatever, we kind of divvy up the work and I will be presenting to you producers and uh, History of the World Part 1 and then... Derek's going to take care of Space... No. Nope. Young Frankenstein and Blazing Saddles. That's right. 
and your Spaceballs and Robin Hood. Mm-hmm. We pretty much are leaving out Silent Movie and uh, High Anxiety. Yes. And, and Dracula tw- Dead and Loving It. And yes. 12 Chairs. Yes. So. And Spaceballs the Animated Series. We can talk about that. There's okay. Something. And the History of the World Part 2 is used in space. Which I was very sad was never made as a Jewish person. So... But we might be getting Spaceballs too. The search for more money. We it's might currently yeah. in pre-production. So, but it has been for a couple of years now. So we'll see. We'll see. All right. Well, so then go ahead, Ray. Why don't you kick us off then with the producers? Which the producers are you going to talk about? All right. So I'm going to talk about the 1967, but I'm also going to talk about the 2005 one because I really love that one. What? What's so funny? Oh, in chat, I asked uh, what everyone's favorite Mel Brooks film was, and so far we've got Blazing Saddles. To which movie. Ryan was very meh about. And then we also got but... uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights, which um, I actually just watched really recently because it's great. And uh, that just made me chuckle because of how recently I watched that one. So. All right. Derek is a huge fan of coincidence. So I do he, enjoy he cracks him up. Coincidence and, and puns. Yes. Yes. I try to fan. enjoy the, the small things in life, Ryan. Okay. Good talk. Are you going to talk about the producers? Yeah. I just really <laughs> wanted to quote Bender and be like, you're a wiener. <laughs> okay. You can. We're not explicit, but wiener isn't explicit, so. Anyway, so the producers. Uh, that was filmed in 1967, so the oldest movie on our list by far. Mm-hmm. And features the comedy stylings of Gene Wilder. Really... It, I mean, if you have in a lot of these movies. Yes. If you haven't seen it, the movie is about two producers who come up with this scheme to make more money off of a flop and then run away with it before the IRS can catch them. And it's pretty ingenious how they do it, but they still get caught. You know, that's just Spoiler alert. Goes. Yeah, seriously. Oh, no. I've actually never seen the producers, so. It's really. Neither of them? So you say neither of them because in 2001, there was a Broadway musical mm-hmm. where Mel Brooks redid the whole thing, had Nathan Lane and, um, oh, that one guy killed a guy in a car wreck. Matthew Broderick. Yeah, that's it. Uh, star. And then, Little Ferris Bueller. Yeah, Little Ferris Bueller. Little cable guy. And, well, I guess he wasn't the cable guy, but. In 2005, he redirected the movie, and there's a 2005 version of the Broadway musical. Did he direct that one? He did. I thought he just produced it. I'm pretty sure he directed it. I'm pretty sure he didn't. Ooh. Derek's going to look that up. Anyway, IMDb is also fairly confident. (laughs) John Barrowman stars in that. Are you going to check that out with IMDb real quick? No, or? no, no. You're okay. good. You're he good. has proof, because we were at a John Barrowman panel, and he talked about it. And then the curtain fell on him. And the curtain fell. Yeah, that was sad. Anyway, moving on. Moving on. Yes, producers. Hilarious. Gene Wilder really, like, he didn't have too much work before this. That was notable. This really stood out, and he played a very high-functioning, anxious person, very neurotic, and... Uh, it, I mean, now we would diagnose those tendencies as some sort of mental disorder, probably two or three of them, but back then it was, ha-ha, let's poke fun at the weird guy, and it, it was great. Gene Wilder did such a great job, and 
when I saw the 2005 version, I didn't know if Matthew Broderick was going to be able to fill his shoes and be just as fun and neurotic, but he totally was. He did such a great job, too. He played it a little more mousy than Gene Wilder did, but... Mm. Matthew Broderick is a pretty underrated actor, in my opinion. He I'm really is. I'm surprised he didn't get more work. Yeah, I completely agree. It's sad to think that like he peaked in his teen years, but he has a great singing voice, so he does Broadway work all the he time. He was wonderful in The Lion King. Yeah, he was grown up Simba. He was great in uh, Cable Guy, also. He was. So, yeah, yeah. That's, I'm yeah. a mega fan of that movie. So. Leslie Mann, not so much, but Matthew Broderick and <laughs> Jim Carrey, top notch. Jim, probably Jim Carrey's best movie, in my opinion. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, that's for another day. But we'll, yeah. yeah, that would be a fun one to talk about, actually. <laughs> now, yeah, 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 that's a huge reference to that one movie. I can't remember the name of it. <laughs> Now, they, uh, You're Mel, welcome. talking about Gene Wilder, I mean, he, he's kind of a, a favorite of Mel Brooks, as was Madeline Kahn. You see, everybody wants to give Tim Burton crap for always hiring the same actors, but directors have been doing this since the 60s. Like, it's. But maybe, maybe it's less noticeable with others because. Tim Burton's style is so specific. Like Mel Brooks's movies are all over the place. They all look different. They all sound different. Well, Gene Wilder's characters were all drastically different. That's true. Especially in the two movies that I'll be talking about. So I mean, yeah, you've got two Gene Wilder films. Johnny Depp in a Tim Burton movie is basically the same every time. Yeah. Every time, fair and enough, that's fair the complaints. Enough. That's the but complaints. and even outside of Tim Burton movies, a lot of the time. <laughs> well, I don't know that. If but... it's a blockbuster, like his Tonto was pretty bad. Yeah, we don't talk about that. I feel bad for Army Hammer, who played a really good Lone Ranger, but his Tonto was bad. Yeah. Anyway, that's the producers. Okay. I really enjoy it. I think it's not his best work as a director, but it's definitely one of the fun ones. So it's not your favorite Mel Brooks movie. He did not peak at 1967. That's all I'm saying. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, well, then, I guess I'll go next if we want to go chronologically. I don't know. It doesn't that, matter. But, okay. Well, next, then, uh, I will do uh, Young Frankenstein, which was 1974. Uh, also stars Gene Wilder and Madeline Kahn, who I love. And this movie is my favorite Mel Brooks movie. This movie also got adapted to... A musical, a which musical. is really, really good. So um, they add they had to add some scenes, and there's some really great musical numbers that they added to it. And um, it's it's great. So you have an opportunity to see it. Didn't Megan Mullally originally play Madeline Kahn's... I have no idea. On a I don't Broadway know show. Is. You're getting pretty obscure there. Yeah. Uh, Will and Grace. Yeah. Uh, she oh, was also in Parks and Rec. Yeah. She... Sorry. Tammy, what, too. What was the name? Megan Mullally. Oh, oh, oh. Married to... Uh, yeah, Ron Swanson. To, Ron Swanson, Swanson, yeah. to uh, Nick Offerman. Yeah. Um, no, no, no. I, I didn't. I didn't see it on Broadway. I saw it here in Kansas City. Oh, okay. My bad. So I can't answer that. That's for you. that's totally fair. Um, I if someone's gonna take over Metal and Con's role, like Megan Mullally is pretty awesome. So. They could do worse. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, but anyway, so uh, Young Frankenstein has uh, a really solid cast outside of, of Gene Wilder and Madeline Kahn. You've got Peter Boyle who most people probably know him from Everybody Loves Raymond. Yes. He played Ray's dad. Um, that, but uh, this was, you know, uh, obviously a very different kind of role for him. He and played Frankenstein's mon- yeah. monster. and Yeah, uh, much younger. And uh, the roots! Uh, uh, Marty Feldman plays Igor. 
which uh, is is just a, a, a wonderful incarnation of that character. Like this is this movie is my favorite version of Frankenstein, just across the board. I just, I love the whole thing. Uh, you talked earlier about how much I love puns, and there's just a ton of that in Mel Brooks movies in general, but specifically in Young Frankenstein. So one of my favorite things that he does really well in this is the dialogue, because there's so many of that you know comedy of errors mismatched back and forth. The Froderick. And Igor instead of Igor. Why isn't it Frederick Frankenstein? Yeah. It's, oh, it's Frederick Frankenstein. Yeah, it's yeah, just Yeah, I like that kind it's, of stuff. It's really good. I'm a dialogue guy. It's it's what I love most about movies. And so uh, this one, just the story is great. Seeing it in black and white is a lot of fun. Um, and I was always like, I was confused when I first got the movie because I bought it. And the back of the movie shows all the scenes, scene clips in color. And so I bought the movie and I put in the movie the whole thing's in black and white. And I'm so glad that it is because I, I definitely think that that adds to the tone and the style of the movie. Um, there's some fun little notes about it. Like the, the blind man is actually Gene Hackman, which is pretty funny for anybody who didn't know that. Um, and that's one of my favorite scenes where the blind man's trying to, to talk to the Frankenstein monster that can't speak is, is just really great. So um, just... The, the comedy across the board is, is really wonderful for me. Uh, the set designs are really cool because they couldn't just shoot this anywhere. You yeah. know? So they had to, you know, there's the castle and there's the, you know, the staircases and you've got the whole little village and the cemetery and there's all these different spots. Um, the classroom, the college classroom at the beginning of the movie where he's teaching the lecture. Uh, you know, and so I just, I really feel like they did a, a really great job and considering it was only his third directorial movie, um, the budget couldn't have been anything amazing, so I think it makes it that much more impressive. In interviews, Cloris Leachman always says that it's her favorite role because it's the one she can still play if she wanted to. Right? Yeah, yeah they really they kind of aged her up in that one. Yes. Um, yes, definitely. And I, I didn't I didn't get the the horse joke until I was a little bit older. That I got it I got it younger <laughs> because my dad explained it to me. Oh, and, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, I always found that funny. I thought I kinda knew the in joke because I didn't know it was a joke really until uh, until he explained it to me. But yeah. Yeah. And then the musical number with, with uh, uh the monster is so, so good. good. One of one of the best moments in cinema in my opinion it's just it's just a really great scene it does get featured around. a lot in like best ofs that you know afi does which is the american film institute not a crappy scene band mm. it's not buzzfeed <laughs> no oh. um but yeah the that scene is really wonderful it's a great musical number and it's just it's a lot of fun um i i enjoy the whole movie all the way through from beginning to end Whereas I feel like a lot of Mel Brooks's films kind of go off the rails at certain points. And that's on purpose. I know it's yeah. on purpose. But it doesn't always connect with me. And Young Frankenstein connects with me literally from the first scene until the end. The whole time. Mm-hmm. Everything about the train sequence when he's saying goodbye to his, his wife who's played by Madeline Kahn. And they're having that cute little moment. And it's cute for him but it's totally not cute for her at all. And it's just, I, I love it. I love I love the whole thing. So. Um, if you haven't seen Young Frankenstein, I, I really think it's his best work. Wow. It's a great movie. Best work, debatable, but yeah. Yeah, of it's... course. I mean, that's opinion, but yeah, um, yeah, it's it's really, it's a, it's a fun one. The, the music is really good, too. It's got a really good soundtrack to it that... I don't know how many times I've hit on a guy by asking him if he wants to take a stroll and see, hey, 
Yeah? Yeah. yeah you never used that one on me. Yeah, so. it's weird. I've never heard you use that on Derek, and I've been around you guys a lot. That's fine. Guess what's happening tonight? I make a lot of young Frankenstein references. Uh, late at night when it's time for bed, sometimes I ask her if she wants some warm milk or Ovaltine. You go, <laughs> I do not. Okay. <laughs> while, while she's singing and it goes to the cue for the chorus. I will say, uh, one, of my fa- dance. one of my favorite moments is that towards the end of the movie when Madeline Kahn dresses up as... Uh, the Bride of Frankenstein. Yes. yes. I love that. So and she good. does like the whole like hissing thing and everything. She's got the hair. It's just... So good. It's so good. She's one of my favorite actors of all time. So um, that that definitely helps. As is Gene Wilder. So the movie's really a, a good fit for me. Mm-hmm. Great film. All right. Ryan, what is your first Mel Brooks movie on well, your list? Since we're going... Chronologically, yeah, but we can't, I mean, if we go chronologically, then I'm next, and that's confusing. Right. So. Well, we're, we're going chronologically on each of our lists, which makes it more confusing. But <laughs> you um, kind of have it's. It's interesting. You've got the end of his career, um, and I've kind of got the beginning, and Ray kind of is in the yeah, that's true. You know, kind of split. So okay, uh, moving on. It's very interesting, Derek. Uh, I like dates. Spaceballs. Spaceballs. Good movie. This is Ray's least favorite, I think, of all the Mel Brooks Yeah, films. which is unfortunate, but she wasn't a big Star Wars fan eight growing that up, we so. have here, or six that the we six? have here, yeah. 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 To be fair, Rachel wasn't a huge Star Wars fan growing up. She didn't get into it until later into her That's life, true. so maybe It was really YouTube that. that got me into it, so, um, This movie came out in 87, so four years after Return of the Jedi, uh, so it was in a pretty good position to uh, be a good uh, satire of the whole Star Wars uh movement that kind of happened in the late 70s and early 80s um had some uh, a great talent that he didn't use in any of his other movies namely rick moranis would be the big one for me but uh bill pullman uh john candy um you know yeah rick moranis makes me sad that he doesn't act anymore i I understand why but it's uh his comedy in that movie blue that and ghostbusters i mean awesome yeah. Oh man, Rick Moranis was the man growing up. Like I yeah. don't know how many times honey, I watched I Honey. The kids? Come on, yeah. yeah. And this was kind of like in his heyday. Yeah. You know, he had already done Ghostbusters a few years earlier, of yeah. course, and did um, Ghostbusters two a few years later. It was right. well done with Second City and uh, the Canadian show he hosted. I don't know if you guys saw it. It was really funny. I never watched it. I'm aware of it. But, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it is interesting because you know we talk about Mel Brooks tends to reuse a lot of. of actors and Spaceballs is pretty much an entire new cast other than himself yeah, yeah. which he does he does put himself in most of his movies and several, a lot of, several of them yeah. it seems like at least both of the ones on my list mm-hmm. um, yeah he's in both of them I feel like he did it like as time went on he did it a little bit more yeah I mean next one he's the main character and so all the yeah versus like you know he's not in Young Frankenstein but so if you're not familiar Spaceballs is basically a spoof of the Star Wars movies um you know it's, Darth Vader has a direct ripoff. Yoda has a direct ripoff. Luke Skywalker has a direct ripoff in the movie, and they know that and they acknowledge the fact that you know that uh, they're in it for the merchandising and like all these jokes at this expensive Lucasfilm and the Star Wars Spaceballs the flamethrower. Yeah, yeah, yogurt was great. Uh, that was Mel Brooks. Uh, one of Mel Brooks's roles in that movie. Um, the other one was President Scrooge, right? Which is great. So. Because uh, yeah. it's Brooks backwards. Joan Rivers, 
uh, you, you just know, figure that out. I did not know that. <laughs> that is embarrassing. Come on, Derek. I never thought of I never looked at the name. I never thought about it. Um, I thought it was a joke about like being screwed. Okay. So. Well. Sometimes you have my, to explain things to Derek. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> Everything has, I mean, there's lightsabers that instead of coming out of a hilt, it comes out of a ring. I mean, there's the force is like a beverage, apparently. <laughs> um, the Schwartz. It's liquid Schwartz. It's liquid Schwartz. Yeah. Uh, which oh, which implies that there's other forms of it. Maybe gas Schwartz and uh, yeah. solid candy Schwartz. Bar form. Probably. That's yeah. probably what the Spaceballs candy bar was made of. Nice. Probably. Anyway, great movie. Uh, John Candy is another one I forgot to yes. mention, but yeah, he was also great in that movie. The scene with um, with Dark Helmet playing with the little action figures is completely improv by, uh, so by Rick Moranis. Yeah, I mean that's one of the, my favorite scenes in the movie, and for him to have improv that is really great. So, uh, definitely one of my favorite scenes in the movie too. My, my absolute favorite scene in the movie is the videotape one. Oh yeah. When <laughs> You're looking at now. Everything yeah. is happening now is happening now. I, that is my that is one of my favorite scenes in any movie ever because yeah. I just think it's brilliant. Instant cassette, like it's just the whole idea was amazing. Because yeah. fast you, forward, fast forward. Because <laughs> you know that if the movie companies could do it, they would do that if that was possible. And um, I just I love that. I, yeah, I always thought that was great. Uh, but you forgot Michael Winslow's in Michael it too. Michael Winslow, yeah, not who, a big role, but who provides some great special effects. And there's there's a nice little anecdote Sound about. Effects. Sound effects um, about how actually he saved the movie money because he could do the effect noises and they didn't have to pay somebody to produce them. So <laughs> we've been jammed. Yeah, love that. Everything about that movie is great. I think that movie has the most like classic one-liners of all of the Mel Brooks films. It, you're probably right on that. Although Robin Hood Men in Tights would be pretty close, probably. That's true. I feel like Spaceballs is easier to quote. I just probably yeah, but. Yeah, so, great, great movie. I love Spaceballs. That was my favorite one growing up, until I got a little bit older, and, and uh, I started appreciating uh, Young Frankenstein a little bit more. Yeah. But as a kid, totally Spaceballs, no question. Yeah, that one was the one I was most familiar with growing up, so, totally agree. Okay, Ray. All right. We're on to your next movie, then. Okay, so this one is my favorite. It is not the best. I totally admit that, but it's it's my favorite. And it's because it's the one I grew up on, which says a lot about my childhood, because it's very inappropriate. And I got in trouble by yelling all the time that my tits were going to fall off. Um, history I of the see how that would make people yeah, panic. Yeah. <laughs> history of the World Part 1. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, one of the ones that's a great example of it going off the rails at the end. Yes. 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 Once he decides to stop doing the period pieces, like, yeah. So all of his movies, except for really the producers, are satires or parodies of something. You know, there's the parody of the silent film and parody of... The uh, Western. And, yeah, yeah. I mean, High Anxiety is a parody of Alfred Hitchcock and... This one's kind of a par- parody of all the period pieces and literally all of them. All of them. <laughs> all of them. I mean, it starts one of my favorite scenes in cinema. It starts by copying off of 2001: A Space Odyssey by showing the Neanderthals and the rise of uh, the sunsets or rise of the sun- rise of the sun. And I'm trying to name one of the new Planet of the Apes movies. Yes, exactly. Rise of the sunset. <laughs> That's going to be the next of one. Of the apes. That's right. 
Well, and instead of, you know, the first thing they do being violence, the first thing they do is masturbate. Just very intense, like, they just lift their hands over their head and just go straight at it. And it was hilarious. I laughed so hard at that. It's so You are a sucker for masturbation humor. I mean, Mel Brooks does it well. I, like... I guess only he would know. You know? I mean, I want to say that... If you're going to make dick and fart jokes, make them well, you know? Like, if that's all you're going to do. That's your entire shtick, yeah. 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 Make it count. Fair enough. But they also have the French Revolution Mm -hmm. with Count de Monet. And (laughs) uh, they they have uh, biblical times where he's actually painting the Last Supper. Or somebody else is painting The Last Supper, like Leonardo da Vinci's yeah. there painting it, and he's the server at the restaurant, and he's trying to take their order. <laughs> Which is and, great. Yeah. Uh, I, I, my, my personal favorite is when Mel Brooks is Moses, and he comes down with the, <laughs> with the 15 commandments. And Ten! The <laughs> Ten commandments! I, uh, I just really hope that's how it happened. That would make me happy. I don't, yeah, I'm not going to burst any bubbles on the show, but... <laughs> The Spanish Inquisition was always my favorite part. Because yeah, it was that just, sounds about right. <laughs> Shut up. Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition, so. It was a 10-minute just musical about <clears throat> Takamata and the Spanish Inquisition. And, I mean, I, I know the Spanish Inquisition was a terrible thing, don't get me wrong, but aren't we far enough removed that we can make jokes? It's and, too soon, right? Too soon, too oh, soon. Oh, God, you guys. <laughs> Madeline Kahn was in it as this... Yeah, uh, 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 em- Empress Nympho, I think yes. is her name. Yes. Yeah, that was pretty funny. And she, she usually plays some kind of sexual being in in her movies. So in Mel Brooks films that he cast her in, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, even in Clue, she did have like five husbands that were hers, and then others. Please. You know, just saying. So we loved her. Yeah. I have a feeling this month it's going to be Clue references from Derek instead of uh, that other Maybe. film franchise and, the, and TV franchise. The one thing well, that's really sad about History of the World Part 1 is that we get the teaser for Part 2 and it's never made. Yes, they do have... That's in several movies that I have in Spaceballs too, right? Yes. Well, but Spaceballs just has the throwaway line. History of the World Part 1 has like a trailer for Part 2. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, it's Jews in space and they actually show the spaceship and they're stars of David. It's great. You know, in Spaceballs, it's just like a throwaway line. God there's, willing, we'll all meet again in Spaceballs too. The search for more money. There's so much that goes on in History of the World Part 1. I think that's why it's one of my favorites is, is you know, we're, we've talked about a ton of different stuff already, and I can keep going. Is You know, Dom DeLuise is in there, and he's great. He is, yeah. I, I feel like it's the one that holds up the least. It's... Really? It's not very good to watch now in a more accepting, tolerant culture. I mean, there's there's gay jokes that probably shouldn't have happened, mm. and there's there's a whole scene where they joke about raping the French queen. So it's it, it parts of it are a little more difficult to watch now as an adult. But I like to look back on what. I remember as a kid and have my adult self recognize that there are certain parts of that movie that are not okay and they never were okay. People just let them by. <laughs> right. Yeah. So. That's an interesting point. That's fair. Yeah. Comedy always tries to push barriers and some people 
don't like it and some people do and yeah you know and you're always going to have that argument of what's worse suppressing creativity and freedom of speech or alienating and offending yeah Yeah. right right yeah it's going to be a back and forth and you know mel brooks doesn't push those buttons anymore i mean even in the movies after that he didn't push those buttons so no no not really they were a little bit lighter i mean space balls you know doesn't really have any of that kind of stuff robin hood men and tights they they make I, I, references to the merry men being gay all the time and it's done in such a comedic way that it doesn't ever come off as offensive at least not to me I, I don't know. Well, oh, yeah. I don't think it was done in a way that was offensive, but I'm not gay, obviously, so I can't, you know, I can't be offended. Obviously. I mean, my, if I, mean, I was offended, are, what would it having matter? Having heterosexual sex right now on the podcast. Right. So. Well, you know, something like that. Yeah. Wow. I'm not actually doing that for the audio. <laughs> really, I'm just sitting here. I really ready. feel like there, there would be different noises. Just... I can't confirm or deny. Fair enough. So we my my movie, my next <laughs> movie, was very uncomfortable. Uh, also came out in 1974 with uh, Young Frankenstein, which is kind of crazy to think about. And that's Blazing Saddles, which um, might is another movie that probably doesn't hold up all that well. It's it's you could not make that movie today. That's the thing. Like he the the you could still make History of the World Part One and just cut a few parts. You could not make this movie today. I mean, the whole point of Blazing Saddles is is racism. That's the whole point of the movie, and it's done in such a way to show that racism is a bad thing. But yeah, you could not make that movie uh, today. It just it just wouldn't work. Uh, it's another Gene Wilder film. Madeline Kahn is also in it, though not featured quite as uh, as heavily as uh, some of the other ones. And then, uh, but uh, what woman doesn't relate to the "I'm Tired" song? Like, <laughs> that song, man, that's our anthem. <laughs> Fair enough. I don't hear a lot of women singing it for it being no. their anthem. But, it's actually know. the password to get into our all-women. Well, why would you uh, say that on the podcast? Now it's out there. You guys are going to have to change the password. Yeah, they have to change it every 90 days. So. Oh, okay. It's true. We have a ton of men that just sneak into our Wonder Woman showings. So. That's true. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, the you know the star is actually Cleavon Little, who hasn't really done a whole lot uh, after that movie. Um, he did a few things before that. He was in Vanishing Point. Uh, and I thought he was great. I actually think he's one of the best parts of the movie. I think he's Absolutely. a fantastic yeah, he lead and, and carries the, the role really, really well. I mean, he has most of the dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um, while Gene Wilder is great, his contribution to the film is much smaller. And so um, I was always kind of sad that he didn't do more stuff. But uh, Blazing Saddles is, is my perfect example of a movie that doesn't know when to end. And this movie goes off the rails more than any of the other Mel Brooks movies because he had, they end up going to the movie to watch the movie, which is what they did in Spaceballs, but not as well. Like, Spaceballs perfected it, yeah, right? Um, <clears throat> but, you know, at the end of Blazing Saddles when there's the big riot and they end up going out of their their stage onto another one and they start, you know, breaking into the, the cafeteria where the people are and it just it just explodes from being a movie to being, like, about the making of the movie and are these really uh, do they know that they're characters and are then they all actors? of a sudden it's <laughs> choreographing sounds like steam escaping <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry uh, 
But uh, but that's like, like like point though is like at that point in the movie like do the characters still know that they're characters are they the actors at this point you know there's some go off screen fighting they come back on and they're in a good mood again there's the pie throwing it was meta before being meta was cool I guess right. like it's it's too meta to make any sense yeah um, you know at the end they end up at the 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 you know, the, the walk of, the star uh, the hall star so if you just want to turn thing. the movie off at seventy five percent in you're not gonna lose too much <laughs> like, you still get the whole story basically like you know after they set off the dynamite you know and all the, the fake town starts collapsing and they go after him you can stop right there and it's just it's great but it, it's it, it's kind of like Rocky Horror Picture Show like the the drugs you know kicked in too hard and they didn't really know what to do at that point in the movie. The runtime was too low, so they had to... They had to pat it, it out, yeah, pat it out of us. a little bit, probably. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but one of the reasons I love Blazing Saddles, it's still one of my favorite movies, is that it uh, has a lot to do with, with the costuming and the sets and, and things like that, because it really looks Somebody like a Western. Somebody help that poor man! <laughs> They're so very dumb. Uh, <laughs> but so much about it is really, it's it's bright and it's vivid. Um, I love the, the costume that Little is wearing the whole time, that kind of tan cowboy suit is just... Oh, he looked so so good. cool. So I could never pull that off. You know, I think you could. Yeah, you think so? Um, but Mel Brooks is in it. He plays the mayor who always gets a warped paddle, um, and whatever that game is called. The, the paddle pa- ball. Paddle ball. Yeah. There yeah. You go. Um, and it's just ball in a cup. It's just a lot of fun. Um, you know, uh, Harvey Corman, of course, is I guess really the the co star of the film, really. Um, I would say, and plays just a great bad guy. Yeah, he does. Um, a really, really good bad guy till the very end, and that's that's wonderful. Gene Wilder plays a incredibly different character from the one he played earlier that year in Young Frankenstein. And from producers, just, uh, they're yeah. all three incredibly different. Very drastically different characters, which shows what kind of actor that that he is. Um, it was really well, and really if we didn't know that already, then yeah, I, mean, I think we had a pretty good idea. But that was really, I mean, these two movies, Young Frankenstein and Blazing Saddles, were my real introductions to him mm. as an actor. Um, and, you know, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Willy so. Wonka. Yeah. Willy Wonka. How dare you, Derek? We're on a movie podcast right now. To oh, be fair, the book's called Charlie and the Chocolate We did get a comment in chat saying that someone's favorite scene is from Blazing Saddles. Sweet. Oh, yeah, yeah. The When the, sheriff is, or when the new sheriff is showing up to the town. On a personal level, I actually did something similar to that in a uh, duet that I did in high school in forensics, because there was a, a duet I did with my buddy and uh, my buddy Tosin, and I had to say that word a lot, and I refused to say it, so he said it in exchange, like, to, like we would, he would, like, kind of, like, cut me off and say it, like, we balanced it out well, and it's kind of a, I got the idea from Blazing Saddles, so. Do you think that was your comedy peak? That was not comedy. Okay. That was a very serious duet. We ended up in a physical altercation and stuff, but it did bring a little bit of levity to the beginning of a very serious and intense little play. So, answer the man: Was that your comedy peak? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I still think my question is <laughs> no, obviously it was my steam escaping joke on this episode. Yeah, I think that's true. <laughs> it's all downhill from there. I've never seen Rachel laugh that hard at anything. Ever. I'm not Clearly a happy right person. Yeah, like, this not. doesn't happen. Um, Can't confirm. Anyway, what are you guys' thoughts on Blazing Saddles? Oh, I love Blazing yeah, Saddles. Yeah, it's great. So much fun. It was actually one of the first movies the three of us all watched together. Mm-hmm. We watched it down here in the basement while we were all working on costumes. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. And we didn't really work on costumes. We watched the movie because it was a good yeah, movie. Mostly, yeah. That's what it ended up being. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, cutting foam gets tedious, so... <sighs> 
It does, that's true. You get little spots all over your hands from the permanent marker. You burn yourself with a hot glue gun. And you... <gasps> or you get glue all over yourself. And... Or on the table. And then you're unhappy with your helmet sizing. <laughs> just take that damn thing apart. Well, because my it just kept shrinking every okay, step. Okay, Derek, we're not talking about cosplay. <laughs> Jeez. All right, well, then let's move on, then, Ryan, to your last film. Yes, my last film, 1993. I think uh, kind of the last film of the... I mean, he made other things, but nobody really talks about much about any of his stuff after Robin Hood Men and Tights. And so. Sure. Um, that was kind of his last, really last parody, last yeah. satire. I mean, I think this that was his last major production because right. I mean, he he direct he only directed one more movie after that, and that was Dracula Dead and Loving It uh, with uh, Leslie Nielsen, Leslie Nielsen, who I, is another comedy guy that I absolutely loved. But I've seen the movie, and um, it was no Naked Gun. I'll tell, I'll tell yeah. you that. So. Oh. Well, the never. What does that mean? Okay, so I never really enjoyed the Naked Gun movies. I didn't. I'm sorry, guys. I just didn't. But it's probably too dumb of humor for because it. it was some dumb humor in those movies. But, but the truth is, like, <laughs> if you're saying that it's no Naked Gun, that means it's not even anywhere close to being a Mel Brooks movie. So. It's, be- it's better than Naked Gun 33 and a third. I'll, I actually I'll say like that. Naked Gun 33 and a third. Really? Yeah. You like that one? Yeah. I, I mean, it's not my favorite one of those movies, but... Uh, was, uh, I thought it was the weakest one. But... I think it's my. I think I like that one because I actually saw that one in theaters. Oh, yeah. I remember my parents took me to that one. Maybe not the best choice, but... I never saw any of I don't the remember theaters. how old I was at the time. It was probably fun. Fair enough. But anyway. Robin Hood Man Tights. Uh, parody of... Uh, Kevin Costner Robin Hood movie yes. uh, that came out Prince I think Thieves. within a year or so of that yeah. somewhere in there um, fun fact Sean Connery was uh, the king in uh, the the uh, Kevin Costner movie and he wanted to be the king also oh. in Robin Hood Man Tights but uh, he wanted to do it in drag <laughs> And also, he wanted to get paid a million dollars, but all that money was going to go to uh, some charity, um, and they couldn't afford him. So that's a shame. Yeah, that would have been fun to see. Actually, that would have been a nice little connection. Yeah, but we did get Patrick Stewart, and that was pretty. Fantastic. Yeah, we could take him as a you know slightly worse second. But sure, 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 sure. sure. Um, I mean, it would be nice to have Sean Connery because Patrick Stewart was so busy filming that one show. That show, yeah, uh, that one show. Can't ever remember what it's called. That, like he couldn't. It wasn't very good more though. Of his time. I know I didn't like the show that much. I was kind of disappointed in the show. Do you think his role was that small because of his schedule? Oh, totally. That show really took over yeah, his well, whole life. Yeah, I get what you're trying to do, but from a legitimate <laughs> question standpoint, you think they would have expanded the role for somebody else? Probably. Maybe. Really? I mean, maybe if they had a better Because like, the whole point is King that... King Richard the doesn't point... have a lot to do in all of the Robin Hood fairy tale. However, King Richard was a real person. Robin Hood was a real person. They could have changed up the movie if they had an actor. But the whole p- premise is that he's not there, and so these guys are in charge and yes. ruining everything. Yeah. So if he's there, then what's the plot of the film? It's a Mel Brooks movie. We don't put that much thought into it. Right. I do. The beginning was the Crusades where they were with Oh, they could. I mean, I guess they could have shown the Crusades, but that would have been very expensive. I mean, they already did show the Crusades. He was in the Crusades. That's where he he met uh, Isaac Hayes. They didn't show the Crusades. They showed a prison. Right, but that's where... King Richard. No, was. I know. So I'm saying it would have been expensive. He's just shutting you down. Like it's not very nice. I'm just saying it would have been just expensive to, to show the Crusades because you have to show battles and you have to have more people. Uh, oh my god! 
Like, he was where King Richard was. He went to battle with King Richard. King Richard could have been in the prison with him. It would have been fine. But they would have uh, saved a million dollars anyway by not having Sean Connery, so yes. maybe they can use some of that money. I don't think they saved a million dollars. Well, they saved probably Connery. a significant amount so. of money, I imagine. But right. I, I thought We're the talking whole... a lot about stuff that's not in the movie. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. It's not relevant right, fine. at all. Robin Hood, go. Yeah, go. good movie. Thank Carrie you. Ellis. Carrie Ellis, yeah. yeah. Uh, he's always good in everything. I mean, I, they should have put him in more things. This is my favorite role of his, actually. Is it? It is. Not Wesley? Princess Bride? It's not. Look, I oh. love The Princess Bride. Princess Bride is absolutely one of my favorite movies. But the cast, the group is so strong together that I don't think any one of them particularly stands out much more than the others. And they're all great. But in this one, he's just, I mean, he's the lead and he leads the whole film and he's really wonderful throughout the whole thing. So I, it's my favorite role of this. Okay. Okay. I mean, you're, that, you're allowed that opinion, but I think it might be wrong. Um, so yeah, I mean, Carrie Ellis is great. You got uh, Dave Chappelle at, at oh, 19 gosh. years old. <laughs> so young. Um, so young. I think so that was his good. first role in anything. Yeah. Um, Tracy Ullman, you got uh, Patrick Stewart, which you already mentioned. Um, yeah. Lots of uh, lots of names now that are more popular than they were at the time that movie was made. Absolutely, um, just a brilliant, brilliant comedy. I think that it being his last kind of film that anybody can name is okay because it's it's right up there with his greatest. I mean, you, you could put it in the top three, and nobody would bat an eye. Probably, uh, and, I wouldn't argue with you. You probably have really good points. I mean. Blinken may be one of the best written comedic oh, characters of all time. Like so good. Did you say a hey, Blinken? No, I said a hey, Blinken. Blinken. <laughs> I love how he's basically Ringo. Blinken yeah. <laughs> fix your boobs like a bleeding Picasso. Uh, but that, yeah, that's a good point. Blinken was really fantastic. So good. Yeah, and Little John, like with the stick, that stick scene. Well, so good. Such we a get great no fight. Toes. Like, slapping. We don't get no rolls. I made that up. <laughs> He's like drowning in the, in the tiny, like, puddle of water. It ain't the Mississippi. So good. I'm on one side. Now I'm on the other side. I'm on the east side. I'm on the west side. Yeah, uh, so good. We're just going to quote the movie quote for the rest of it. Is, so it is very quotable compared to some of the other ones. For me, not quite as much as Spaceballs, but it is a very quotable movie. I don't know. I bet the three of us could only recite that one from start to finish than we could any of the others. Probably. I, I could do Spaceballs. All right. Do it. Right yep. Now. Sorry, yeah, Derek. What's yeah. the first line? I want you to read the crawl, too. Like, yeah. <laughs> you have to have the crawl memorized. She went from suck to blow. <laughs> anyway, even in the future, nothing works. Uh, no, but Robin Hood Men and Tights is, has a lot of really great visual gags. You know, like like the creek scene, for like example. the mole. The mole yeah, that keeps moving. I have a mole? <laughs> oh, good! And like, that's, that's one of his best acted lines in the yeah. whole movie, too. Like, you really believe. That he has no idea that that's there. Um, but even like, you know, when he, uh, earlier on in the film, when he's, when he's, uh, saving Achu and he's got the arrows and they're all attached to each other, you know, like just stuff like that. Is... Oh, I really love like the small things. Like when he goes to stroke his goatee and uh, like all the hair falls in. Like, <laughs> what the hell? Like, just yeah. small things like that that you never imagine popping up. It's just really good. Doc Rev likes uh, when Dave Chappelle says, All right, honkies, time in. When he's, <laughs> yeah, when he's losing air in his yes. shoes, he's got to pump up. Uh, oh, yeah. That was great. 
I really wanted a pair of those shoes after I saw yes, that movie. Yes, yes. So. I'm not surprised. No? Yeah. Did you have one? No. I really loved that at the same time they also parodied the fact that there was rap music for every yeah. movie back then. Like Adam's Family, Space Jam. Like they all had a rap. and The rap is so good. So they, yeah. And Mel Brooks wrote all the music, or wrote all the songs for that movie. Really? So. Oh, that's great. I didn't know that. Also, that movie made... Uh, Gene Siskel of Siskel and Ebert it made his worst of 93 list well hmm. are you kidding me nope it's funny we look at that as a classic but yeah back then he wow. was very poorly reviewed by him apparently I never liked him critics tend to, to be really harsh on parody stuff on though. comedies yeah you know? comedies unless it's a romantic comedy right well I okay so Judd Apatow makes the big sick and it's a good movie but I think Judd Apatow as a whole, and I can say this knowing that he can't affect my career right now, is very overrated. You know, I think Seth Rogen doing dick and fart jokes is just overrated because he does them in every movie. But The Big Sick is getting recognition, and I don't know why. I haven't seen it, so... But mo- I don't know how we got to that. Because well, you said romantic comedies oh, are more heralded. the path that we took to get here. <laughs> <laughs> well, romantic comedies aren't. I mean, for the most part, rom-coms are just as, you know, panned as everything else. But, I, okay. sorry, the big thing is getting like a lot of... It was more of an remark, not meant for like in-depth analyses. Jed Apatow sucks. Okay, you heard it here, folks. Ray's not a fan. Um, anyway, no, I'm really surprised that uh, it was... It was critically panned like that but it is interesting that he wrote all the, uh, Mel Brooks wrote the music I love that opening rap I think it's really really fun yeah all the music in that movie is great yeah yeah they, I mean he did the musical before it was you know before he could redo it on Broadway right <laughs> right right yeah. the scene where he's like doing the shadows behind the, the thing with the oh the sword. Yeah, the sword. so funny so good that was great the fact that there's an audience makes it ten times better. That they sit down, that they've popped corn. Like, <laughs> so good. So, okay, so here's a legitimate question about the film. Oh, here we go. So, at the end of the movie, you know, the locket breaks and the key falls in the lock. Call the locksmith! And then it doesn't work. Does that mean that the key was for something else? I never looked into that as a kid. I mean, probably. I, I don't know what you're just, looking for with this answer. Know. Well, because the whole point was supposed to be that they were you know, meant to be together. It's her true love and all right. that kind of stuff. But... What if that's not the key that was supposed to unlock it? A, where is that key? And B, what was that key supposed to unlock? I'm very curious. You guys don't care at all? No. I, I've i never once thought about this. I just figured, well, they're going to weld it off of her. So Yeah. We're going to big saw. Okay. I, I, I was very interested in that. I thought that was kind of interesting. You're that they cute. Just kind of the way your head it. works is adorable. So, I think you're a little weird, but... Whatever. Normal people didn't think about that. Normal people? Yeah. All right, well, what are you going to do? I'm not going to do anything. Thanks for asking, though. Any other thoughts on Mel Brooks, his movies, anything like that? He's a hilarious guy. He seems like he is very genuine and kind, and I I wish he was making more stuff. Yeah, uh, I'd always love to see anything else that he, he would have to offer. Um... You know, there's always rumors he's working on different things. Uh, like I said earlier, Spaceballs 2 is supposed to be in the writing process, yeah. uh, which would be really wonderful to see to a certain extent. A little sad at the same time, of course, because, you know, John Candy is no longer uh, with us. And uh, Joan Rivers? Did she... Joan Rivers is not. Yeah, she, 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 she died away. as well. And, of course, you know, Mel Brooks is probably too old at this point to uh, 
to reprise his role, which is why he hasn't directed in so long. So Rick Moranis isn't acting, and there's yeah. nothing getting him to come back. Well, he did do a, he did he did a charity something, thing yeah. recently. It was a big Canadian comedy charity event. But I think it's kind of an exception, though, because it was for... It was for charity, and it was just, you know, his home and, and things like that. Yeah. So, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Obviously, Bill Pullman is around, um, and, you know, he's still acting. So, you know, he just did Independence Day, and before that, he had a TV show. So Daphne Zuniga is still an actress. People just don't care about her, which is sad. Princess Vespa. No, I, I know who she oh, is. Okay. Um, I, I didn't know she was still acting. Yes. So, that's, so, there you go. So, I mean, they could do something. I don't know necessarily what that would be, but, you know. The movie is, wow, the movie's 30 years old now, so a lot of that cast is just, you know, no longer here, so. Yeah. It's tough. But, uh, I don't know, uh, do you guys have a least favorite Mel Brooks movie? I mean, none of the ones that I'm familiar with are bad, so I can't really, yeah. it, would, it would be very difficult for me to pick a least favorite of the ones that I'm familiar Fair with, because I like them all. I mean, there are some that I'm just not really in the mood to watch all the time. I couldn't watch Young Frankenstein every single day, uh. I couldn't. I'm you sorry. <laughs> I, I really have no desire to ever rewatch silent film or si- silent, silent movie. movie or high anxiety. They were funny for what they were, but it, they just there's a reason why we're not talking about them right now. I actually really didn't like silent movie. That makes sense. I didn't really. I I get what he was trying to accomplish, but it just wasn't for me. So well, the silent films were slapstick anyway because you had to be. Over the top right. without words. And... Yeah. But that was the thing. Like, those movies did what they did because they had to. Right. Rather than these other genres that did what they did because they wanted to. And his parodies of these other genres worked because he was making fun of these choices that everybody made. Whereas the silent films, they were they were that way because the technology kind of forced them to be that way. Right. And so it just didn't really work for me because at the end of the day, he just made like a mediocre silent movie. <laughs> so... yeah, when, you just, when you just have a visual medium and nothing else, of course, you're going to gravitate towards the comedians like Charlie Chaplin. Like that, that guy was a physical yeah. comedian before there was such a thing. And of course, the camera loved him. All right. Well, then, Ryan, why don't you tell us what this new plan is for our Patreon? Okay, so I have two things regarding Patreon to talk about. The first one is that we're going to start doing a new Patreon video. Uh, We've been trying to do Patreon videos and failing. It's so difficult to um, get us all together in one room. We're going to try something new. Uh, So what we're going to do is, uh, if you're not on Patreon... It's one of our rewards. I mean, no matter what tier I think it is, you get the, the Patreon video. The video, yeah. It's supposed to be every month, yeah. um, which we're going to try and stick to now. Uh, <laughs> we're basically going to – so for this first month, what we're going to do is for we're going to – For August. We're going to probably next week, we're going to come up with two or three movie scenes uh, that we think are iconic movie scenes, and we're going to throw them into our chat, and um, we're going to take votes and have somebody pick a scene. And that scene we're going to try and recreate, spending no money – and nothing but Derek's time. <laughs> and uh, just that's going to be our Patreon video each We're month. We're going to recreate. And it, it doesn't have to be movie scenes. We can do TV scenes too. I know there's some Scrubs scenes that Derek would love to uh, be a part all of. of, all of um, you know, and I think we can come up with some cool stuff. But uh, yeah, we might pull some of our costumes out of the closet. Or, you know, I might Batman might come over to help out. Or uh, John and Ian are going to be involved in I'd this I'd like too, to volunteer to be the T-Rex from Jurassic Park. Okay, we are probably not going to do that one first. We don't have the CGI budget for that, but we will probably do it at some, have it at least up for vote. But every month after August, we're going to actually 
send a poll out to the yeah. patrons and have them be the ones that pick it. So if you want any say in, in the movies that we do, uh, contribute a dollar, contribute five dollars, a hundred dollars, yeah. you know, whatever. whatever. Every little bit helps. Um, Every big bit helps too. Because of the flood, we have to replace a couple of things. Not much, but we need uh, we need to uh, get some new lights because some of ours are underwater and, and things like that. So. Um, <laughs> Doc Rev wants a scene. This this would be an original scene where Ray is saying that The Rock is the greatest actor. Wow, people really want that. So <laughs> people, people, two people. <laughs> no, Derek two. wants that too. Yeah, three, three, people. three people. Three people. Um, um, that might happen. We'll, yeah. we'll we'll figure out another way to get that to happen. We all, me and Derek, want that to happen as much as Doc Rev wants that to happen. So sure. there will that will happen one way or another. It may not be acted out. It may be in a text form, but we'll figure it out. Now, um, for next week, next week we are going to be talking about The Dark Tower, which is the new uh, Idris Elba, Matthew McConaughey movie that comes out this weekend. There are no women's in it, by the way. None <laughs> like, at all. It's those two guys and like a kid. Yo. And that's the movie. And a tower, so I hear. Maybe the tower is... A woman? A woman? I don't know. Cool. <laughs> uh, I'm good with it. Anyway, um, next week's episode, as far as format goes, um, was probably going to be a little bit different because I am not going to physically be here. So we're going to try a couple of things. So Ray and Ryan will be here, and I'm going to call in. And I'm very confident that this is going to work. So It's not going to work. It's going to work. For the, tune in for the flaming dumpster fire. It's going to work. flaming dumpster anyway, fire. Kind of redundant. He's just still. over at the house all the time now. So. And he's seeing the movie, right? Yeah. So, yeah, it'll be great. It'll be great. So one other thing on the Patreon. Oh, okay. Sorry. Uh we did a kind of a reward system last month. Derek kind of touched on it. I thought it was fun, and we ended up getting a little bit more money, which is we ultimately did, yes. the goal. We're not hiding that fact. Um, so I think that for August, we'll do the same deal. If we get an additional $20 mm-hmm. or two – no, what was it? Four. It was four new patrons uh-huh. at a, whatever level they want. Um if Derek mentions Star Trek, again, we're going to stick with our fandoms. Can't do no, it we're going to do it. No, not agreeing to it for September. Well, it's too late. You already we agreed to it. We have a Star Trek. We have a Star Trek episode. Okay, we well, then what's another that. fandom that you mentioned? Okay, well, Rachel, what's another fandom that we... Uh... I mean, we could pick a particular actor, like Will Smith. Mm. Okay, Will Smith. We'll do that. If Derek mentions Will Smith, then Derek has to write when a 500... out? Doesn't matter. Well, Derek has to write a 500-word... <laughs> Report for our website about why Nicolas Cage would have been a better Rocky than Sylvester Stallone. And in the every same time, time period? No, no, yes. no. I think it should be while Nicolas Cage should be a better choice than anybody. Yes. And especially better than Sylvester Stallone. Basically, especially why he would be. Sorry, Big Will. <laughs> not happening. I'm, not, I'm, just, I'm just not gonna mention Will Smith. Okay. Well, that's the, the, the then don't spend your twenty dollars, people, because uh, Derek has just refused it. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> Thank you for thinking about giving us your money, though. Derek just wants to uh, ruin everything. I, I so. do. I ruin everything. It's true. But yes, give us your money anyway, and Derek, we will we will goad him into saying Will Smith at least once because. He's a brilliant writer, and uh, and even if Thank he you. even if even if he doesn't write it, then Rachel will edit something to make it seem like he wrote it, and <laughs> no, she will course, make it especially embarrassing. A deal is a deal. Of course, I would write it. Yeah. See. So, and it, Rachel won't edit it too heavily, but yes, we're gonna do that. 
I mean, she reviews most of my work. Exactly. It's always good to have a second set of eyes. Maybe a third if I get to look at it, too. Sure, if you want anyway, to. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, so the, the first $20 and beyond that, we'll work out some uh, other stuff with Rachel and I, of course. Um, and eventually one of these months we'll switch it up because Derek is going to be getting the short end of the stick tw- two months in a row. Well, so. Doc, Doc Rev wants you, Ryan, to write about why Jack Black is the greatest actor. Okay, well, that may be the next reward. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll work on that, but... Um, or maybe that may be the first reward for the Why next Why Jack Black would be a better Peter Vinkman. <laughs> oh, do you see? Do you see the repulse? Anyway, thanks for joining us this week, guys. All right, thanks, Give everybody. Us your money. We'll catch you guys next week. Check us out at heroespodcasts.com, at Heroes Podcasts on all the social medias. Check us out. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.